Hey, hello, welcome. It's me, John Park, and this is John Park's workshop. Uh, here we go. Are we ready to do this? Uh, I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you for stopping by. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting distracted by stuff I want to show later. Uh, you've already had a sneak peek of that stuff. In fact, I'm going I'm to bravely unplug that. There we go. Uh, looks like we are up and running on YouTube now. Great. Uh, someone said that it wasn't up yet, but there it goes. Uh, I can keep an eye on that. Hello, uh, YouTube. And uh, thanks for everyone for dropping into the chat over on uh, Discord. If you are interested in joining into the, the big community of chatting that's going on here, uh, YouTube is definitely one place, uh, but the the thrust of it all, the the real community for Adafruit, is over on Discord. Uh, what's Discord? Well, it's a chat community uh, used for a lot of different things. If you head to adafruit.it/discord, you'll get an instant invite to be able to join uh, into the Discord server. Um, and oh gosh, we've got a little distortion going on. All right, I've been. Noodling around with audio again, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who said, is Lars feeling sleepy? Hey, man. All right, don't bite me or anything. Uh, I don't know what he's doing back there. The other day we were um, chatting and Lars was in here and my daughter said that she thought he had turned and looked at her, which is a little disturbing. Um, maybe we just see what we want to see. I don't know. Uh, so let's see, what have we got? We've got a bunch of different stuff uh, to do today. Um, so let's get started with, first of all, I wanted to mention, let me, uh, let me grab my web browser here. I wanted to mention if you are uh, interested in checking out Adafruit's response uh, page and call to action for the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you can head over to the Adafruit site and go to adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. Uh, you will see uh, a statement from Adafruit as well as the names of uh, black people killed by cops in America. In many cases, justice has not yet been served. Uh, and this is upsetting. Uh, it's upsetting us enough so that Adafruit teams have gotten together to discuss what we want to do as a company. Uh, as well as a wider community to address the systemic racism in America. Uh, and there are some action items here for making your voice heard. If you are interested, please go check that out. I urge you to. Um, and you can keep up uh, with some of the different petitions, um, calls to representatives, and other uh, action items, including getting out and voting. This is very important. Uh, so if you are... Uh, interested in finding out what Adafruit's been thinking about and doing, uh, including suggested uh, reading lists with uh, uh, additions to the Adafruit library, as well as books that you can go and check out, uh, anti-racism resources. This uh, page is a good place to start. So uh, thank you for uh, paying attention to this and having a look at it. We appreciate it. Um, next up, I wanted to mention the Adafruit jobs board, which is over at jobs.adafruit.com. Uh, it is entirely free for you to go and post a position if you're looking to hire someone and uh, to post your resume if you're looking to get work. 
Uh, we've got a, uh, there's a new one that's up here since the last time I checked. This is a technical marketing director position that is open uh, at Voltaic Systems in Brooklyn, New York. It's a full-time position in marketing communications. Uh, and one of the required qualifications is a love of solar power. So I thought that was a great uh, first bullet point for uh, required qualifications. So please go uh, and check that out. All you need to do is sign in uh, with your normal Adafruit sign-in and uh, you'll have access to all of the good jobs board information. Uh, so that is the Adafruit jobs board. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention, uh, I do a show every Tuesday, uh, which is at noon Pacific time, uh, and it is on the Microsoft Make Code Mixer channel. It's called Make Code Live, uh, and if you like the uh, Make Code segments that I do here on Adafruit, go check that out. It's uh, usually a full hour of me uh, building up a project from scratch. Last, uh, last session on Tuesday was having a, uh, creating an enemy that follows you inside of Make Code Arcade. So there's some, uh, a little bit of math blocks that you can use to determine when a character is close enough to an enemy to alert them. And then a uh, follow block, which will cause the enemies to follow you around. Uh, and to keep things light, uh, the, the enemy in this case is a puppy. I mean, it had evil red eyes, but it's puppy, and your character was a cat, so uh, nothing too bad happens either. But uh, that was on the uh, the last Make Code Live, so tune in every week to see uh, what kind of stuff we'll be getting up to. And, and I'm uh, building projects that use uh, microcontrollers and uh, motors and switches and hardware, as well as the Circuit Playground Express, Microbit. I've done stuff with Cricket on there, uh, Arcade. So there's a wide variety. Um, I'm even looking into getting the Lego stuff. I haven't touched Lego Mindstorm in a long time, and, and uh, the modern version of it, the EV3, now uh, works with um, Make Code, and I think that would be a, maybe a fun thing to explore. Uh, what else have we got? Hey, there's going to be a show and tell today, uh, right after this, or a little bit after this show. I'm going to be doing a special show and tell Thursday edition at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. Uh, so please stop by and show something. All you have to do uh, is check the blog, the Adafruit blog. I've listed some info there. Uh, there's a blog post that went out earlier, and there'll be one that goes out right when the show is starting. Go into the Discord, Adafruit Discord. There's a link there in that blog post. And you'll see a uh, StreamYard link. StreamYard's the software we're using for the show and tell. And come on, uh, spend a few minutes showing off a project you've been building or something you're interested in making, some parts that you've acquired that you're thinking about doing something with. Uh, tell us about something. Tell us about a project. We would love to have you come by. Um, speaking of show and tell, I wanted to show a project that was shared with me uh, earlier by our very own uh, C. Grover. <coughs> Excuse me, Cedar Grove Studios. Um, <coughs> and this is... Excuse me, I need to clear my throat. Um, I'm going to cover my mic. <coughs> there we go. Uh, this is a cuckoo clock that uh, C. Grover has been working on that uses a clue. I think it's a clue, right? Uh, I might be wrong. Maybe it was on the Pi badge. But one of those, we'll see in a second, uh, as well as a cricket to drive some servo motors that open and close bellows for the cuckoo sound, and even a solenoid that dings a cleverly wound uh, spring to give a gong sound. Uh, so 
I'm hopeful that you will hear the audio in this, because otherwise, what's the point? So I might have to noodle with things. But let's see if you can hear this. Uh, this is, where did it go? Here we go. Let's find that window and play. I have so many windows. Uh, here it is. And sorry, the frame rate looks like it is uh, pretty terrible on my rebroadcast. I'm just playing this through a YouTube window, and I'll share the link in a second. Uh, so this is the sort of, uh, it's a musique concrète clock. It's hidden away. I hear it ticking. Beautifully done. Uh, so that is, uh, we'll, we'll get a link in the, if you go over to Discord, uh, maybe Seagrover is around and we'll put a, put a link in there for that if you want to go check it out yourself. Uh, but I thought that was really beautifully done. Um, and it uses a real-time clock module, so it's accurate. Uh, and Jan also shared that the uh, clock sound of the ticking was a recording from a, I believe from a grandfather clock. Um, so I, uh, I love that it's, it's not uh, something that he found on the internet. It's something he himself recorded like 10 or 15 years ago, he said. So uh, go and check that out in the, uh, in the Discord. I recommend it. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, hey, over in the, uh, in the YouTube chat, uh, K2LAZ says, looks like a scary raccoon behind me is sneaking up on me. What are you talking about? There's no scary raccoon. Uh, what, a, what a thing. Imagine that. All right, uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, how about a product pick of the week? So uh, this is a product that I'm gonna use in the project today. Hopefully all will work out with it. Uh, this is a really cool one. This is, oh, I didn't change the, uh, the type on that. So let me, let me hide that, uh, whoops. Uh, so that is not a Raspberry Pi. That in fact is the eight by AA battery pack with on off switch and a 2.1 millimeter barrel jack. Uh, I have one right here. And this is a really uh, a great product. It's actually pretty inexpensive. I think this costs around six dollars. Um, I can pop open my yeah, five ninety five. There it is. Uh, there's the description of it. So this is a uh, a lifesaver for a lot of projects because it allows you to get. Um, about 12 volts out of alkaline batteries or closer to nine and a half if you're using nickel metal hydride depending on their uh, resting voltage. So alkalines are often at 1.5 and nickel metal hydride around 1.2, 1.3. Uh, 
Uh, and you can get some serious current. Uh, I think it's three to four amps out of the alkalines and about two amps out of um, the nickel metal hydrides. Uh, so a lot of uh, times you think about 12 volts. Well, how am I going to do that? I don't think I'm going to be able to use uh, like a lipo pack. Uh, maybe you could get a couple of um, car, like RC car batteries, which are around seven point something. So it's a little high. Uh, but these, uh, these are great. This gives you, let me hide this out of the way here. Uh, this gives you easily uh, replaceable batteries. It's inexpensive. Uh, it's got a little slide on off. Uh, case lid, it has the on off switch right there and then you can plug this into a lot of uh, typical gear that requires a center positive uh, 12 volt uh, barrel plug coming into it. So that is my product pick of the week, super handy. Um, I have a couple of those and, and I'm always tempted to get another because sometimes I, I wanna uh, stick them into a project and leave them there and just pull the batteries out when I'm not using it um, but I keep rescuing it out of other products uh, or other projects. So. Uh, that is my product pick of the week. Is that cool little battery pack? Uh, eight double A's. Uh, we also have another uh, eight double A battery pack that's um, kind of the too long and in a uh, a little four uh, around like a a, a square. Uh, what I'm trying to say uh, ends up being kind of like a tube shape, a little little uh, more compact than that, and you can cram that into places. It doesn't have the on-off switch, however and it doesn't have a case cover, which I kind of like because batteries can pop out. Uh, so that's my product pick of the week. Um, let's see, next thing I wanted to do, uh, for my gear report today, um, I seem to have obliterated my gear report icon, so that's not there, but I said the words, so we know what's gonna happen. Uh, I wanted to show off uh, a couple things, actually. So uh, we'll do a gear report, and we'll do a tip and trick. So let's head on over to the workbench. Um, and let me get some things set up there. Also get a little sip of water. So the first thing I want to do is a little bit of a gear report on a CircuitPython based module. Uh, I have shown a module from Winter Bloom before. Winter Bloom makes fine synthesizer modules and uh, these run CircuitPython on them. Uh, this one right here is called the Big Honkin' Button. And uh, let me swap out my cameras so you can see that nice and big. Um, so the Big Honkin' Button here is a Eurorack synthesizer module and on the surface of it, it's really quite simple. It has a big honking button, like it says on the, on the label. Uh, it's an arcade button, a Sanwa arcade button. And when you press it, it does two things. It triggers a sound effect, uh, which is a, a wave file stored on the drive, of the, on the solid state drive of the device, uh, as well as it sends a gate signal, which is, is uh, sort of a trigger for other things to happen in a synthesizer. So in this mode, if I play it right now, it's just simply going to play back my sample which happens to be a goose sample. Let me turn up that volume a little bit for you. Okay, so that's nice, that's fun. Uh, but let me show you the uh, gate in action. So here's a different synthesizer module called Rings. And it does things based on getting a gate signal. So now I can, let me tone this down a little.
So that's really convenient if you want to have kind of a one-shot gate uh, sent out. And then when you start combining some of these uh, ideas of these modules and bring in some reverb, we can get sort of a nice wash of reverb on our honk effect. And we can start sending different voltages to this to adjust the pitch. So I'm going to... I have a module here that's sending out different voltages in a key, as well as triggers so that it'll run whether I use the button or not. And I can always add hits to it with the big button. All right, so that is the big honking button. I'm going to do more uh, about this as I get into it. And uh, I must admit, I haven't plugged it into my computer yet. It's going to appear as a USB drive, just like any circuit Python device. Uh, and then we can go in and adjust the code to do things. Uh, let's say every time you hit the button, you want it to play three samples in a row or one sample in three pitches in a row. I'm sure you could do that as well as changing out to different samples uh, and sound effects. So I'm excited to, to get started really using it. I barely touched touch this thing. Uh, just got it put into this little rack here and started playing around with it. So uh, con huge congratulations to Thea uh, Flowers, star girl, who you'll find on our Discord uh, chats and on the internet uh, for starting up Winterbloom and putting out this fantastic module. It's a really great uh, entry point for people who want to use CircuitPython and a bit of coding along with some uh, sample playback and general synthesizer stuff. So very exciting there. Uh, and that is my gear report. Um, and you know what, before I move on to my tip, let me head over uh, back to my workstation just to see if there's any questions in the chat that I can answer uh, about that or point you at things. Um, let's see. So let's pop open the Discord. Here it is. Hey, Discord. Oh, good. Someone <laughs> posted an excellent uh, goose, uh, untitled goose there. Horrible, horrible goose. Um, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Wolf220. Uh, I appreciate the note about the mustache. It's starting to uh, get excessive, which is the point. Um, all right. So now I mentioned that I wanted to do a bit of a, a tips and tricks section. So I haven't done uh, these sort of workshop tips in a while. Um, but I had a really good one that I just came. I think it's really good. I'm, I'm I'm trying not to be too excited, but I'm very excited about this one because it solves a problem I've had for a long time. Uh, so let's head back over to the bench cam. And uh, what I've got is a throwback to a battery tester that we had in our house when I was a kid. It was uh, from Radio Shack, so it was probably a realistic brand. Um, and it was essentially a voltmeter uh, that had a really convenient feature, which was I believe it only had a single probe, and then it had a little spot where you would put the end of a battery. So if you're testing a battery uh, for the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, when I've tested a battery, I've taken my meter, uh, set it to volts, and then you have to hold a probe to one end and kind of press it there and a probe to the other end with both hands and then read it. Okay, that's good, and, and go on. And this is in enormously cumbersome and annoying. Um, and so finally this morning, I had a bunch of batteries I wanted to test, so I decided to fix this problem by taking a small strip of uh, copper. So I have adhesive copper strip, and you can get this in the Adafruit store uh, in a couple of different sizes. Um, and I've just folded a bit of it over 
and attached an alligator clip to it. So now I can connect the ground uh, probe to this alligator clip and now just use my two hands, one hand to hold the battery and the other to hold down this probe. And now, as you can see, that's a lot easier and much quicker for me to go through and test a bunch of batteries. Uh, I think the one that we had, the Radio Shack one, had a little sort of a dome, a little ball, uh, which is a good idea. So maybe building this up a little bit so that it's uh, a little higher would help. Sometimes the, the battery isn't entirely flat and you have a little, uh, little thing you got to get around. And you could probably do this for 9 volts as well. You could probably put a couple of clips down and two strips. And uh, I don't test 9 volts that often, but these I do, especially these these uh, AA's and AAA's I'm testing often. So uh, that's my little tool tip, uh, shop trick of the, uh, of the week there. Um, fix your multimeter so it acts like my Radio Shack one did, my realistic brand one did back uh, in the 1970s and 80s. So there you go. Um, let me know if you've got other ways of solving this because uh, I don't know why I allowed this to annoy me for this long. Um, hey, Stargirl. Uh, Stargirl just joined the chat. I was just doing some honking. You'll have to go back and, and see the uh, um, the video replay later. I got my my uh, big honking button going. I'll, I'll maybe I'll I'll come back to that later. But um, I'm excited about it. And I admitted uh, you weren't here, so you didn't know. But I admitted that I haven't plugged it into USB yet, so I haven't touched it at all. It's running the default software, the default sample, which I happen to love. Um, but I will remedy that soon. I swear. I'm going to have more time, and I will play with that. Um, so let's see. What have we got now? Oh, you know what? I think it's a, a good time to get into the Make Code Minute, shall we? All right, let's get set up here. Uh, so here is my uh, Make Code Arcade session. I'm running beta. Uh, and I wanted to show something pretty simple here today, but really fun and effective uh, for uh, bringing a little bit of extra style to your gameplay. Uh, so what I've got here, I've got a simple setup. I have created three sprites. One of them is this sort of princess character sprite, and that's going to be my player that I control. And then I have a couple of enemy ducks here, because ducks scare me. And there they are. So those are duck one, duck two, and then I have my sprite as the name of my sprite. Uh, I've set their positions, and then I've created a sprite list. And uh, what you'll notice is over in the arrays section, we have the ability to set lists. And so these lists can be used for um, simplifying code later. So what I've got is a list that is an array of any sprite that has the kind enemies. This is like a tag or a piece of metadata. So those bad guy ducks, those are enemies. And the reason this comes into play is that I'm then using the extension called button combination. Uh, and you can get this by going to extensions and look, at, look for button combination. It's not going to appear here now because I already have it. Um, once you add button combination, controllers now allows you to do button combos. Uh, so you can check these out. I've done, I've done uh, a session on these before, I believe. Uh, but what I've got set up right now is that there's a button combination of up, down, left, right. And whenever I do up, down, left, right, whatever's in here will happen, which is I'm going to shake the camera uh, for a second, so it's going to feel like I've got like some superpowers happening for my uh, character. And then I'm going to run through this little loop, which says for element of value, 
which is just a variable that's going to increment, of sprite list, which is each item in the sprite list, which if we recall is anything that was tagged with the word enemy. I'm going to destroy that object, which will be each of these sprites, with the fire effect for 500 milliseconds. So uh, if we look at it in action, I think I did up, down, left, right, and boom, we have destroyed the enemy ducks. I'm sorry to be so violent, but um, it's special effects. The ducks are fine. So that is a way that you can use a sprite list array with a button combo in order to use a power-up inside of a make code arcade game and get rid of a whole bunch of bad guys at once. This is a lot of power, so use it responsibly. And that is your make code minute. Okay, and I'll tell you what, the make code arcade uh, fun does not end because I've got a really cool one here today uh, in my Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. And this is actually more of a tech demo than a game, but I thought it was really cool. Uh, this was from the Arcade Forum, which is at forum.makecode.com in the Arcade channel. This is by the Cobol Kid, and it's called Blue Ox 3D Scene. And uh, Cobol Kid posted this to show a method of creating a pseudo 3D effect inside of Make Code Arcade. So uh, I will show you it in action. So if you uh, look here inside of my simulator, I've got a blue ox that's hiding behind a rock. And as I move left and right, you can see that the ox is behind that sprite, behind that rock sprite, okay. Uh, and if I, if I walk past the tree, I'm in front of it. Okay, that's pretty cool. But now look what happens when I go deeper into the scene. I'm now behind the tree and I'm still behind the rock, and I can come forward and be in front of the rock. And you also notice I can't pass through these objects, which is really great. This uh, is used to excellent effect in a number of games that the Cobol Kid has posted. And so they thought uh, to show an example, a simplified example of how this works. Um, I'll leave it to you to go and check out the code and read up the excellent description. But the main uh, trick here, and something I hadn't thought of, is that it is using the z-depth, which is uh, how you layer things, uh, how you draw objects on top of each other in the screen. So it's sort of the, if there were third dimension, it's coming out of the screen. It's linking the z-depth to the bottom of the y-axis of each character. So as the character goes up, its uh, z-axis value is increasing. And so that allows it to go in front of or behind objects. Um, it's a little more complicated than that because it's also using some tricks to determine uh, whether we can still move in, in uh, Y to get past objects when we're blocked by them. Uh, but it's really elegantly done and a beautiful technique uh, and really shines in a number of games. So I uh, encourage you to go check that out. That is using Z-Depth to create a 3D scene uh, by the Cobol Kid. And that is my MakeCode Arcade Game Pick of the Week slash Demo of the Week. All right, uh, I almost used quote fingers a second time there, but I kind of stopped myself, and now I think I'm just directing air traffic. Um, okay, so let's see. I think that covers uh, all the things other than the main project of the week that I wanted to talk about, yeah? Um, so let's get into the main project of the week. This I, I demoed this last night on um, the... Here, let me go to a different view here. I demoed this last night on the show and tell, uh, and let me plug it in and show it off over here. This is a 
digital protest sign. And so let me show you it in action first. And I said I was worried about unplugging it before because I was having some flaky power issues. So hopefully those will resolve themselves. Let me set this here. Um, what I have is a thirty-two. Uh, so sixty-four by thirty-two LED matrix, and there's a Feather M4 and an LED matrix breakout board that are powering this. Uh, and this is running CircuitPython, and I'm going to be very embarrassed if I if I screwed up soldering something on that. I thought this was working just fine yesterday, so let me try power cycling it. It was acting flaky before, and I thought it was my batteries, but let's see. Um, let me try. There we go. It took a wiggle. I got to figure out what that is. I wonder if I have just like a cold solder joint. Um, so. My apologies for the flickering. It's a frame rate issue that I can't quite resolve between how the refresh rate is on this and it is on my camera, but uh, it does not flicker in real life. Um, so first of all, uh, let's talk about, I, I mentioned the hardware. So this is a six millimeter pitch uh, RGB LED matrix. And the bare matrix looks like that. So it's difficult to capture this on camera, and it's a little bright to the naked eye. I have those LEDs at full brightness. Um, so I've got some of this diffusing uh, acrylic that Tap Plastics sells and calls LED acrylic, uh, quite specifically. Um, and this is the best stuff that, that I've found um, for allowing you to some semi-diffuse your LEDs and also remove glare, uh, makes them nice to look at, kind of softens them out a little bit. Um, and the uh, code that I'm running is doing something pretty cool, which is uh, using bitmap graphics to display these images. Now, the idea behind this, I mentioned this last night, is that um, Phil and Lamore were at uh, a nighttime protest, and they couldn't read anyone's signs after the lights had gone down. By the way, you'll notice, I, th I don't think this flickers quite as much on this um, FaceTime camera. It's just got a higher refresh rate or is in better sync. Um, and so uh, Phil Lamore said, hey, it would be nice if we uh, took some of our LED matrix signs and made a simple way to do a protest sign. So uh, these panels are actually made to go in jumbotrons. Um, and they're, if you look at the back here, uh, they have a bunch of uh, great features on them that make them easy to work with. So the panel is bonded to this black frame, which has uh, brass threaded inserts set into it, six of them I think it is, so you can screw things into them. I've got these magnet posts screwed into them right now. Um, they have the power supply broken out separate from the, um, the matrix uh, wiring. It's a, I think it's a 16 pin connector um, that we have plugged into there. And uh, we make a nice little breakout for the Feather as well as there's one I think for Raspberry Pi and for uh, the 
Metro M4, uh, there's like a, a Metro Arduino size shield. So there's a few ways to connect to these. Um, and traditionally we've used Arduino and uh, Phil B has written something recently called Protomatter that's a, a really fast way of addressing these. Uh, I believe some of that work, I, I'm not sure about this, but I believe some of that work, the core of that work is behind this newer plugin which, or, or library which al allows us to use these with display I.O. in CircuitPython. Um, and so the idea here is that you'd create a protest sign that you can carry with you at night and it can be seen by all. Um, so I mentioned earlier that um, I was excited about my rechargeable batteries and my battery pack here. So um, the idea, and we'll see if this, this works now. I think I was just having those, those errors with my soldering job on my feather. But the idea here is to uh, make this thing portable. So right now it would make a great window sign. Um, and I was excited too because I was able to uh, get my daughter who's... Uh, into graphic design and art, she designed some of these um, graphics for me. The, the red Black Lives Matter graphic with the fist was her design. Uh, and then I also tried a version using a gradient, just to try a gradient. Uh, and then I made these other, other uh, symbols and signs. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about some of, some of the um, graphics uh, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Settings that you want or um, specifications. There you go. Um, so what I'm going to do is try to use this 12 volt output through a buck converter to power this which wants 5 volts, uh, but this will give me hopefully enough uh, current to drive that. So here is a little UBEC uh, buck converter that will take the 12 down to 5. Uh, and I just soldered on some uh, barrel connection jacks and plugs to that. So I'm going to replace my power right now with the battery connector. Hey, it worked! It worked! All right, so now we're, we're uh, you can see there's no trick up my sleeve. We're, off, we're running off of that battery pack, so now I can carry that around. So the idea will be to mount this to something sturdy, uh, a sign uh, of some kind, a handle, uh, maybe dual handles so that it's a, a little uh, uh, stronger or safer, won't get knocked around as much. But uh, I'm going to work on building that. It would also be a great thing to strap onto like a bicycle uh, or... Um, uh, a car, you could maybe just use the magnets uh, to, to stick it onto the side of a car and drive around. Um, but that's the idea, is, is to make a fully portable. Uh, I also noticed, um, I'm not sure about this, but I think the battery pack may fit nicely into one of these recesses uh, with a little bit of uh, double stick tape or Velcro or some other zip ties or something like that. Uh, and you can ignore these right now. These are just uh, some spring clamps that I was using to hold the LED plastic. And you can see I still need to cut my LED plastic down to size. But uh, if I carefully tuck my wiring out of the way there, you can see we start to get to a pretty nice uh, portable small design there. Um, and I'll just leave that running because I am curious. I haven't checked uh, the current draw against the... Um, battery capacity, but it would be good to know how long we'll, we'll get on a set of batteries with that. Um, 
And so, oh, you can see actually, I saw that one of the graphics changed there. That's a bad sign. So um, I might be drawing a little bit too much current with this one. This is a lot of pixels and uh, these white ones draw more. So there's some things to look out for. It could also be my soldering issues. So I'll, I'll be diving into this stuff. I just started the project, but I'll be diving into it to try to make it as foolproof as possible. Um, and so I wanted to talk about uh, the coding of this. So let's open up, uh, how about we'll open up my Moo session here. And let me go find that code. There we go, let's see. So I started out with um, a bit of code that I'll include in the guide that displays text. So it uses the terminal font, the sort of built-in font to display text. And this is a project that Lamore has shown off. It's the Black Lives Matter sign that shows the names of uh, the uh, victims that have been murdered. And uh, I started with that project and now I added onto it the slideshow uh, code. So let me, let's see, there you are. Let me zoom in here so you can see this. So that's all the code it takes. Uh, so like I said, the trick is in the graphics. Um, as you can see here, we have some libraries that are being imported to, to buffer the frames, uh, display I.O., the RGB matrix library I mentioned. Um, and then I'm bringing in the slideshow, Adafruit slideshow, which is the same one that I've used on Clue for different projects, on the Pi Portal, um, and we can display bitmap graphics on here. So the matrix setup here is mostly just calling out the specific pins that are used on the, on the breakout board for the feather that we have here, and this just varies depending on the board, so it's different pins on, say, the Metro M4, for example. Uh, we set up the display, which is the frame buffer with the matrix display there, and then I've set up Slideshow. And all Slideshow is doing is it's checking a directory that's built onto the board that's called, or that I've put on the board that's called Images. Uh, and it just loops through those in uh, random order. Are those random? I bet I've got it set to alphabetical on that one. I don't know, I can't tell. You, you tell me. Are those changing or is that the same order every time? I think, it's, I think I've got that set probably to one in the version. Uh, that's on there. Not 12, but one. Uh, not using a fade effect and uh, not using backlight. I don't think you can use either of those with the matrix. That's just for um, like TFT displays. Dwell time, that's how long it's going to sit on an image, how many seconds, and then if it's auto advancing or not. And since we don't have an input on here, I'm just having it auto advance. Uh, that is it. It then just runs slideshow. Um, so the, uh, like I mentioned, the real um, thrust of this is designing the graphics to go on it, which is very easy. So one of the ideas behind this is that you could have a lot of people using this and they don't ne necessarily need to be very technical. As long as they can plug that in and drag a BMP graphic file on, they can update what, what is being played. Um, so let's take a look, actually. I'm going to show you some of the graphics and how I'm working with them inside of Photoshop. Um, so let me open that up. And I can put 
myself up over there. Let me find Photoshop. Where'd you go? Um, so the graphics are a, like I said, 64 by 32 pixels is what we have on the display. So that's what we're working with here. So you'll set up a new image uh, that is, is those dimensions. And uh, this is very similar to working with pixel art. And so if I, let me, let me go ahead and open up um, a file that I've been working on that has some of these different graphics in it. And that's how big your graphic is uh, in, in screen space on a computer. But as you can see, it has quite a different impact on the, uh, on the screen there uh, using the RGB matrix. Um, and so if I bring up these layers here, uh, you can see this is what we start with. Typically, uh, this was a graphic that my daughter had worked on. And I went around and played with uh, things like the brightness value. The easiest way to, I found, adjust the brightness value is either adjust your colors inside of Photoshop or throw a tinted layer on top. So if we wanted to dim this a bit, we can throw in uh, like a 30% tinted black layer. So here's a, here's a layer that's a, got an opacity that's 100% opacity. And then as I back that off, I can dim this. And I've got an, a sort of a mask or an alpha channel uh, leaving the fist full brightness. As you can see, I, I think that may have been causing issues with this display, uh, drawing too much current for my battery pack. We'll see. Um, and one interesting thing I noticed is that uh, while my daughter and I both started out with these uh, pixel art types of graphics, you can definitely use anti-aliasing uh, to nice effect. So if we look at uh, this one, for example, where that gradient occurs, let me hide the, um, there's a nice gradient here that I'm working with. And this, you can do things like this by hand. You can make bands of color and then use blur tools. Uh, and I'm showing Photoshop, but a lot of these techniques work in different software uh, pretty much the same way. So this is a typical gradient tool, which then has a lot of different options for, for preset gradients that you can uh, go in and, and adjust your graphics with knocking out the, um, the text as a separate layer or with a mask if you want. Um, and so what you'll do then if you want to see that graphic appear is you'll save it as a 24 or 16-bit BMP file, either is fine. The 16-bit is a little smaller, and I think that is still beyond the color resolution you need. Um, so I'll save this as uh, new BLM blue gradient.bmp. I'll set that to 16-bit. And then if we want to... Um, update this with that graphic, all I need to do is plug in a USB cable into the, into the feather board. So I'm going to do that sort of off camera here because I don't have a good way to show that. But uh, plugging in, ooh, it's doing something weird. Yeah, I think I have, there we go. I might have found the loose connection. Uh, so my, um, board is going to show up now as a drive on the computer, just named CircuitPy. And what I'll do is take that graphic and drop it onto the drive. I'm going to reset the board here so that it shows up.
Should show up. You know what I'll do? I'm gonna take it off of the backpack it's on. Okay, so that's my feather that's driving that now. Plug that into USB so it shows up. Uh, and it should show up as a drive now. Where are you? Let me try to double. Oh, did it show up? There it is. Okay, so I have a drive here. Just take my word for it. Name CircuitPy. There's a folder on there called Images. And I'm just going to take that um, image file I just saved and grab that, drag it in to my images drive uh, for this or images folder on the CircuitPython drive. All right, and now I'll plug that in. Oh, and it showed up. Good, you won't see it because we missed it, but here it comes. Um, so when this loops back around, there's the new uh, image. So it's that simple. Uh, and you can imagine too, depending on how fast, I'm not sure what, how, what the top speed is that we can um, swap these images, but you could do things that are sort of, rather than separate signs, just effects like inversions of color. Uh, to get attention or, or emphasize a part or almost like an animation, bring in multiple words in, an, in a row. Um, so that is as, uh, as easy as it gets, I think. I, I'm, I'm really excited about how uh, enabling it is to allow graphic files rather than some complex code or can, sort of tricky conversions. Um, you can probably even find an online image converter that will allow you to create BMP files uh, that will work on something like this. You just need to get the, the size uh, down to 64 by 32. And uh, there are a lot of techniques for those. Um, you can resize images, and uh, uh, typically I'll do that with uh, essentially zero aliasing when it does that, or zero anti-aliasing, allow it to um, use uh, the nearest neighbor to, to create sort of nice, hard, crisp uh, reductions and then go in and blur stuff later. So um, that is the project of the week. I'll be working on this and uh, getting a guide together. And we also have a bunch of different sizes of these uh, displays. So if you go, uh, in fact, let's, let's go and look. If you head to uh, Adafruit and do matrix display, uh, we can start here. Uh, so that's a bonnet for one of these displays, but you can then scroll down here and find some, let's see, here's a, here's a different guide. Uh, all right, are none of these going to link to matrices? <laughs> all right, I better type in the right search item. RGB matrix. Oh, I'm in learn. Let's go to shop. RGB matrix. Uh, here we go, 64 by 32 RGB, 4 millimeter pitch. Oh, is that an even smaller one? Okay. Uh, so here's uh, the 5 millimeter pitch one. This is the one I'm using, which is this 6 millimeter pitch one. So you can see they uh, sort of scale up in price as you get, get them bigger or bigger pitched uh, pixels on them. But that's the one I'm using there. Uh, and with the addition of the backpack and the feather, uh, you can drive this using uh, CircuitPython, which is uh, really exciting. So. Uh, that is my project for the week. That, I think, is everything. Do we, uh, did we cover it all? I think we may have covered everything. So um, 
just because hopefully Stargirl is still in the Discord, I will uh, play us out with a little bit of honking music on the big honking uh, button from Winterbloom, and uh, and then I'll sign off. So let's uh, pop back over to the bench cam and and just do a little bit of. This is my. Um, Honk into rings is the new rings into clouds. Listen to that beautiful reverb. Honk, honk. Bye all, see you next time. And uh, don't forget to stop by at uh, 2.30 today. That's in about a half hour. Uh, if you've got something you wanna show, come on the show and tell. Thanks all, see you next time. <laughs>